Welcome to New York Institute of Technology's podcast, The Scope. Produced by the College of Osteopathic Medicine, our episodes focus on the medical school experience and how it helps shape future physicians. Learn about exciting new health and wellness initiatives, cutting-edge medical research and technology, and how to effectively navigate medical school. We are excited to have you join us. Good afternoon and welcome to the SCOPE podcast. Today we are joined by a panel of faculty and medical students who have come together to discuss the experiences associated with being a parent while also attending medical school. During our conversation today, we will address some of the unique responsibilities, challenges, expectations, and rewards that medical student parents face on a daily basis. Please welcome our guest panelists, NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine faculty member, associate professor, and psychologist, Dr. Lisa Hoffman, and our third-year student physician panelists, Sarah Adam, Yis Graby, and Gabrielle Fink. And my name is Susan Payette, your host, and I welcome you to our podcast. I'd like to open our conversation today by saying, wow, uh, honestly, I am so impressed by each and every one of you. Being parents and attending medical school at the same time is an incredible accomplishment. You should all be very, very proud of yourselves. And I would like you to know I have great respect for each one of you. So Sarah, I would like to start with you and ask, um, regarding an overall daily balance, how is a, a medical student and a parent do you handle your daily schedule? Thank you very much for having me. The way we manage it is number one, you need to be vigilant where is exactly your time is consumed. In addition to your daily studying activities, you need to know how many hours you need to dedicate for your home or your parenting in order to divide your time and manage it very well so you're not lagging behind on the school and you are not lagging behind your parent job. So I would say time management is the key for it. Thank you. So Gabrielle, do you think it's better to look at the day in a flexible fashion or to have and maintain a regimented pre-planned schedule for your activities? For me, kind of going off of what Sarah was saying, I also feel like having a regimented schedule definitely makes this uh, dual kind of job as a student and as a parent a lot more manageable. For me personally, I take it not only as my own schedule, but I extend this into my children's schedule. So I put them on a schedule where throughout the day, I kind of know what's going on with them at every point during the day they know what to expect. And I plan my studying around the times when they're going to be asleep or around their schedule. So it's kind of my schedule and their schedule. And we kind of make both of them work together. Thank you. Yes, I would like to ask about support systems. The panel agrees that time management and having a plan is very important so that you can allocate your time appropriately. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experience of being a parent and a medical student. First, Sarah, thank you for bringing us all together so we could share our experiences of how we manage this journey. 
in my personal experience, I'm fortunate to, ha to have a wife who was able to be more flexible than I was during my first few years of, of medical school, uh, specifically when there were tests and things that needed to be attended to, uh, where there are many times where I would leave the house in the morning before the kids woke up and then come back after the kids were sleeping. It seems very easy. You come and go. But in my experience, at least, there was a lot during the day that while I was in school, you know, was going on. And I'm very thankful to have had my wife to be as flexible as she was in managing all, the, all those tasks. For me, flexibility and having uh, my children on a, on a regimented schedule, both aspects of those are important. Knowing that uh, the children have their own schedules and there's some sort of predictability to it. Uh, but at the same time, when a child gets sick, or if there's, for example, some sort of family emergency, there needs to be both in, in my spouse and my own uh, schedule, some degree of flexibility. And I'm very uh, fortunate to be a part of a medical school has, who has worked with us. And I can speak for myself and the other student physicians over here. When there was a family emergency or when there was something that needed to be taken care of, uh, the school was very well adjusted to work with us in, in managing that. Thank you, Yis. Dr. Hoffman, Yis and the other student physicians brought up an interesting point that unexpected things can happen. And due to unexpected events, stress can occur, which can make it more challenging for these student physicians in unique ways, because they not only have to find the time to study, but they have to take care of their children. Can you comment on different best practices for them and others like them in the event that they are taken kind of off guard and maybe they don't have an immediate ability to access their regular support system. Sure. Firstly, uh, I just wanted to say that I too, Susan, think that our uh, parent physicians here are amazing and that it's quite a feat being a parent and being in medical school at the same time. So kudos to all of you. Being a parent, even during this pandemic, regardless of being a medical student is quite challenging and brings up a wider range of emotions. Stress, anger, guilt. Guilt is a big one. Some of the things that are really important, some of you have already uh, spoken about, being able to be flexible, talking to your spouse, working as a team, sitting down and matching up your schedules, talking to your children. When mommy or daddy are in their office between such and such time, please don't come in unless there's an emergency. Giving them concrete uh, rules and regulations provides them with structure for, for the entire family. So that's super important. Coping with the stress is super important as a medical student, right? Regardless of whether you're a parent or not. So I always say this, I've said this before, Susan, on these podcasts, you have to pencil in me time. There's gotta be time when mommy and daddy need to go exercise or need to just be able to sit and engage in some type of meditation or yoga or talk with a friend. That's important too, because if you run out of fuel, you're not gonna you're not going to be effective as a parent, nor as a student, or as, as a physician. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. In regard to the recent months with the pandemic, would anybody on our panel like to address differences that they're noticing in their own personal family lives because of the pandemic? Yes? This COVID pandemic has challenged everybody, us, the student parents, uh, but also everybody in general, especially those who take care of children and their, their own parents themselves. But I feel like for us third-year students, we navigated this pandemic studying for our boards, which when you enter medical school, you start to learn that is a very significant challenge in itself, regardless of the obstacles that we had to face during, during the COVID pandemic. For those months, we were managing our children who were sent home from school because the schools were closed. 
we were also home with an increased burden of having children quarantine, not, not being able to interact socially with other peers. We were basically having to entertain our children and care for them and provide for them throughout the day take care of our daily studies and keep up with the lecture material, which as a medical student in general is very stressful and can be very challenging without any added stress. And in addition to that, uh, taking care of our board prep, which is very important and a significant part of our career. And I feel like for myself and for my fellow students here on the panel, I can say that I feel very proud to have navigated that successfully. And I feel like at the same time, it was a team effort between me my wife and my children, and we all did it together. Moving away from that, I learned that before this pandemic, I thought that I was able to manage my time very successfully and being able to fit everything into uh, its proper uh, time slot. But moving away from this pandemic, as we are still in it now, I, I feel that I'm a lot more efficient with my time and I'm a lot more able to be flexible throughout the day. Uh, as we continue to navigate the pandemic, my children are still home. I'm able to sort of deal with that with a lot less stress than I did before. And nobody could have predicted this, but I feel like we walked away from it uh, stronger people, stronger physicians in the future based on our experience. Thank you. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences in the past few months? It was very challenging for everybody. And uh, for me specifically, I was studying for my son in the same time I had a lot of schedules to study for my lectures and study for my board as well. And as I always stress, the time management is the key for everything. You have to be on top of your schedule, know what is required so you can divide your time accordingly. So for me, I was able to like merge how I can virtually attend the classes with my son and in the same time, continue doing the lectures. And I want to shout out the option that we have at a school that we can online access all the education material without need to go or drive to the school or getting in and all the troubleshooting. It was really very flexible for us and helped us a lot. I only think this is a very, very brilliant that we have all the videos for all the classes. If you have difficulty for anything, any material, you just sign in and find it. And that was very, very helpful in passing through all the material that we were studying and saved a lot of time and hassles <laughs> in managing the whole time in, in, in a very short and limited time that we have during the quarantine and the, the huge amount of studying. In addition to our parenting uh, work, it helped a lot. And I believe also, the support that we got from the school uh, during the quarantine in terms of the board studying and how they send us a structural schedule on when you, how much you need to do questions, how much you need to take a time off, uh, how much you need to read from the books. I guess that was like um, relieving for the stress that we had because most of us, we were like, anxious about how much I need to study and how much questions I need to put on every day. And just by contacting the port system in the school, it was really very supportive and helpful. Thank you, Sarah. On that note, I'd like to ask, how do you communicate your schedule to your children? Do they know that there are specific times that mom or dad may be doing their studies? Maybe you could tell us some of the specifics of how you handle this in your family. Do you have a written schedule? Do you have set play times? And I'd also like to add, what about sleep time for yourself and your children? Gabrielle? 
Sure. So first of all, I try to communicate with my children in that they know that if I'm not home, I'm in school. And I try to do as much studying as I can out of the house while I'm in school, while I'm out. And then when I come home, I make that time, I'll I'll set aside a designated amount of time just to spend with them. And then at that time that I'm spending with them, I'm not doing anything school related. I'm not even on my phone or anything else that's distracting. I just give them my full attention at that time. And they know that they have that and I'll read to them and I'll play with them and whatever it is. And then once they go to sleep, then I'll continue with my studying. And as far as my own personal sleep schedule, I do try to prioritize that to make sure that I'm getting at least the minimum amount of sleep that I know I need to to really function for the next day. So I definitely try to incorporate that into my daily schedule as well. Thank you, Gabrielle. Yes, you wanted to comment? Oh yeah, sure. Right now I'm in my clerkships. Third year clerkships are from the morning until sometimes late at night, but I always make sure to come home for bedtime. And my son knows that uh, I'll be home every day for bedtime. And from the moment I walk through the door, I put my bag down and so to speak, take off the stethoscope. And from that point on, it's daddy time. I'm around for however long uh, my son wants to spend with me until he falls asleep. That's something that I'll never give up. It's something that like helps put balance in in his life and in my life. But just to, to share another experience, when I first started medical school, I didn't really know what to expect about the stress of scheduling time to dedicate towards my children. I would have these constant thoughts in like the anatomy lab at the time of day where I would pick my, you know, normally would be picking my kid up from school and we'd go out for ice cream or something. I would be you know, sitting in the anatomy lab and it was very stressful for me. And, you know, I, I developed a, a plan where I would, I would share all my experiences with my son. So he knows now that I'm, let's say, for example, in a family medicine clerkship. And he knows that this clerkship is going to end soon. And when it does end, we're going to go bowling. Or like, for example, I came off of a clerkship a week and a half ago. And when that was over, we went to Sesame Place. We went somewhere special. I share those experiences with him so that he knows that the, the stress of me being away from home and me not being there for him throughout the day or throughout the week and having limited exposure to him is, is rewarding for both myself and for him at the end. So that we sort of share in the stress together, but we also share in the reward together. And that for me has allowed him to understand that I don't, I'm not always available to him. I really want to be, be there all the time, but it's not possible. And that this is an investment that we're both making together and we share in the success of it too. Thank you. I think you bring up a great topic, which is called reward, the reward of being a parent. How does that rewarding life experience of being a parent help you as a medical student? Yes, Sarah. Most of us think that children's are are overwhelming or children's are another duty that we have to fulfill. I look at it from a different angle. In my case, I believe uh, you studying in a medical school, it's such a, a long, lonely journey. You are all the time either doing questions or studying from textbooks and you and lectures and where is life? Where is the um, human part? And I guess having a kid in your life, it's such make it unlonely journey. Every day we are interacting, playing. I study for three, four hours and then I have like maybe... Uh, 30 minutes, we can eat together, we can chat together, we can play games together, and then return back, resume my duty and work. It's a very important, I always believe that human interaction is very important to break that kind of like loneliness while you are progressing in the medical school. 
Dr. Hoffman, would you like to comment on the interpersonal relationship aspect and, and how that can benefit a medical student and every individual? Sure. I was thinking when Yiz and Sarah were talking, when I was going to school and even working, I, I would always remember driving home in, in awful traffic and a smile would come on my face because I knew that I was going to see my children at the end of the day. It was something to look forward to. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are actually feeling that and getting that reward because you deserve it. Obviously, there's responsibilities that come with that, but seeing the positive side of that, human interaction, Yiz was talking about communicating. I think it's really important that we communicate with our children about what mommy and daddy are doing when they're not with them, right? We're not getting our nails done or getting massages. We're working. And bringing them into that conversation can lead to other great discussions. Oh, really? So what, you know, what's, what's anatomy? Can you tell me about the different parts of the body? It can lead to wonderful conversations with your children where you really connect in a really powerful, meaningful way. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Gabrielle, would you like to comment on some of the positive experiences uh, that you have had with your children? Sure. For me, my children are the greatest reminder for me of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So when I have a hard day or a long day, and those days do happen, coming home to my children at the end of the day just serves as this reminder of why I'm going through this process and the kind of example that I want to set for them in their own lives. I find with kids, especially when they're very little, but probably even when they're a little older, to them, like their parents are superhuman. They believe you can do anything. It's such an amazing motivating factor when you think like, I'm doing this and my kids, like, they believe in me. They believe that I can do anything. And when I tell them I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to help take care of patients. Like, they just think that's such an incredible thing. They're so proud of me. It really keeps me going and it, it gives me so much joy. Thank you. I'd like to conclude our conversation by talking about some specifics in regard to what do you do in your life? For enjoyment, what are your hobbies? How do you take care of your personal self? Do you have a favorite time of the week that you always do something or do you set a specific day aside? Would anybody like to share with us? Yes, Sarah. I would add, it's very, very important to keep a healthy habit to take care of yourself. I would start from eating healthy is very, very important. In the same time, you need to keep a daily exercise activity. I know most of us, we don't have that much time or luxury that we can have in, for the exercise, but I would recommend if you are renting or moving to the school to start your school that you really have to make in consideration how far this apartment from a, a gym or is there is any place around the apartment that I can exercise or at least run or walk? Or sometimes some of the apartment they have built in gym. So all of this stuff is very, very important because it's going to save you a lot of time driving. Or And if you drive, I know our friends that they used to drive to the, to the gym, which they end up giving up on the exercises and gaining weight. And it's, it's really important. You have no idea how important is that to maintain your physical exercise because our studying for long hours sitting on the desk it is, is really, really a big challenge for us. And it's very important to maintain that. Yes, Gabrielle. So 
it actually works out pretty conveniently for me because one of my favorite hobbies is cooking. And that's something that I do for my family a lot, almost every day, honestly. It's something that I find relaxing and enjoyable. And I like trying different kinds of new recipes. And my family likes it, you know, because they get to taste all the things that I'm making for them. And it's, it could be a bonding experience. Sometimes I'll try to include my, my little daughter in the cooking and she loves that. And sometimes we'll bake together. So for me, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And also it's something that I do for my family. So it's something really nice. That sounds great. Do you make your meals every day or do you make them uh, one day a week and then use them throughout the week? I often end up cooking every day, but sometimes like if I know I'm going to be in the hospital really late the next day, so I'll prepare it for the night before. But I, I generally do cook almost every day. Sarah? In my case, I found it's very, very useful that you cook in one day in a week. You cook the seven days meal and freeze them in a freezer. And then when you are ready, time for food, because I remember when we are quarantining and I, I have to do like uh, 100 question in the morning and then another 100 question in the afternoon, the time was very tight. So what I did I used to cook in a one day per week, stack the meals in a Ziploc bags and then put them in the freezer, rice and meat, because you have to maintain a healthy food. If you did not take an approach on how to make healthy, fast cooking meals, uh, freeze them the appropriate way. So once you are on time for food, you just get them out, put them in a, in a microwave I found this is very, very practical and it helped me a lot. And I, I truly recommend it because I was hassling in the beginning of a medical school that I found myself getting losing weight or gaining weight because I was eating fast, unhealthy food or uh, losing weight because I, I just eat anything like vegetables, drink a lot of water and just keep going. So none of these variations are good. So when I finally found the right approach, the fast brie-prepared meal that you cook, not to buy it because the, most of the uh, brie-made meals in the market, is I did not find them useful or healthy. So I used to prepare the meals ahead and put them in a freezer. And that was very, very helpful. Thank you. I think it's interesting that in our panel, we can see that each person can choose to do things in different ways. Dr. Hoffman, would you agree that it's important for people in these experiences to find that life balance that works best for them in their situation and then go with it? Absolutely, Susan. You know, what works for one family might not work for the other. As long as you find what works for you guys, just keep moving, keep riding that wave. We've covered many things in our conversation today, and I'd like to go back to one particular point that was brought up in regard to support systems for you as parents when you need them. Gabrielle, you had mentioned the importance of having the ability to have people assist you as needed. Would you like to comment on that? Sure. So kind of also what we had touched on earlier, having that schedule. And for me, I had mentioned, you know, having my children on a schedule. I found when I have my children on a pretty strict schedule, so I know kind of what's going on with them at, at different points throughout the day, 
the other benefit of that is that if I'm not always the one there taking care of them, if it's our nanny at different points, or if it's my husband on different, depending on the day, the value is we're all kind of in tune with the same schedule. And wherever I am, whether it's in the OR or somewhere else in the hospital or studying in school, I know, okay, it's this time my child's having their nap now or my child's having the bottle now. And it's just such a comforting feeling as a parent to know what's going on with my child and know that they're being well cared for. And it just also makes it easier between caregivers that we're all kind of on the same page in terms of caring for the child. So that has been something that I have found extremely helpful throughout this process. So it sounds to me that you're, you're stating that good communication between yourself and your partner or your spouse or a caregiver really can have a very positive benefit for you when you're not actually with your, your child. To know where they are and what is going on during the day has been something that's really been great for you. Yes, absolutely. It really has been instrumental in my whole education process throughout medical school. It, it's made all the difference. That's a great point that you bring up. And Sarah, you were also discussing something similar. Would you like to add to this comment? Yeah, I also want to pay attention to all students. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't forget to ask the school of your kids because the schools, most of the time, they have a support system for the working parents that actually match very well with the medical student or any student or a college student because in my case, I touched base with some of the teacher that they recommended some of the programs that they can actually extend the stay of the student, of the child, after they finish the school. And it was in, in a very affordable rate. So it differs from county to county. So uh, don't forget to ask the school if they have any extended stay program. In my case, I was in a NASA um, county and they have what they call it a scope program. And I know that's available all over the, the New York city. That was very helpful. They were extent um, having my kid after they, the time go home, like after the, the discharge time, they take him from the day, the end of the school till seven and 6 PM at night. So that's covered sometimes during exams we had, during um, clinical rotations we have. So don't mess on that. Check with the school too. Thank you. Yes, would you like to comment? Sure. I actually want to stress the importance for incoming students and for those first-year students who are struggling with managing this challenge, this rewarding challenge, that it is so important to reach out to the other students in your class, your upperclassmen, who are also parents, uh, just to get an idea of how they're managing with childcare. Just for an example, I even last week was having a tremendous crisis with childcare where due to the coronavirus and, and other restrictions, the person who was taking care of my youngest child uh, was no longer able to do so. So I reached out to Gabrielle and I was able to, to arrange for myself to obtain childcare. That's the only reason I'm back in clerkship now. And I feel like it's very important if anybody is, uh, is feeling alone in this, there must be other parents in the class uh, in the student body who are taking care of young children. And it's very important to feel that you're not alone in this. And there are other people who have done it successfully in the past and to reach out to find out how they managed to do so. Thank you. That is a very important thing to say. And it's worth noting and saying again, that if any of our listeners ever have concerns or they're feeling that they do need support, reach out to your school, your administration, and also your fellow student physicians for assistance. 
In closing, I'd like to ask our panel, what would you say if you were approached and asked the question by another medical student, when do you think the best time to start a family is? Should I wait until after medical school or should I think about that right now? Yes. Okay, so that's actually a very loaded question. Um, and I can answer it for myself. I don't know if I can answer it for my fellow student physicians, but uh, personally, the way I look at it is, uh, when is the best time? Is it now? Is it when we graduate and God willing, we have a residency, which is more challenging and more demanding as, uh, as it is now? I can say that I spent the first two years in medical school hearing time and time again by professors and the doctors who have trained us very well, that physician burnout is real. And physician burnout doesn't start when you're an attending definitely starts when you're in the rigors of clerkships and then training in, in residency. And for me personally, having my children to come home to every single night has been the greatest reward and has allowed me to, or has forced me rather, to instill in my life a balance between my schoolwork and my res responsibilities as a parent so that there isn't the possibility to exaggerate one versus the other. You, know, you need to have that balance. If you don't have that balance, you can't function. So for me, I can say that having children in medical school, having children before medical school has, for me, given me the greatest opportunity to go through school, not feeling burnt out at all, coming home to my children every single day and functioning as a parent has given me the greatest reward over here. I think it's never too early and uh, I very much had a good experience with it. Thank you. Gabrielle? For me, uh, my children and my husband have been my biggest support system on this journey, and I can't even imagine having gone through medical school without them. So if someone would ask me that question, I would definitely say, go for it. You can't plan everything to the last detail, but it'll be rewarding to the point that it'll be worth it. So go for it. You can do this. Thank you. And Sarah? I would take the same approach. As you see me from the previous answers, I truly recommend and vote for any human interaction. How much I told you, human interaction is very important to support the mental stress that you are passing through the medical school and having a family and having a husband and having a kid that they are all the time being there for you when you, in your downtime, or you feel like you are overwhelmed, it's very, very important and added a lot to my journey. Go for it. <laughs> At this time, I would like to thank all of our guests for sharing their insights, advice, and personal experiences with our listeners. Clearly, parenting during medical school can be filled with unique challenges. But as seen from our panelists' discussion today, with efforts focused on effective time management, offering understanding and patience, to both yourself and your family members, having a strong, reliable support system and identifying creative solutions, it is absolutely possible to do a great job both parenting and preparing to become a physician. I think an important key to success is to identify the positive balance that works for you as a parent and a medical student. This is a very personal decision which may not be the same for all parents. And that's perfectly fine because every person and every family has its unique qualities, needs, and strengths. Thank you very much for joining us today.